0: Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Welcome aboard The Athletic's Can't Wait Jets podcast, your nonstop shop for all things Jets with Tim McMaster, Zach Rosenblatt, and Marissa Dunn can't wait just another week for the new york jets achilles injuries dramatic victories and all the drama that goes with it thanks for joining the can't wait podcast tim mcmaster here along with our jets reporter at the athletic zach rosenblatt um Good show. Our only show this week, we'll say that. We are merging together the uh, the recap and preview episode um, this week. Thanks for joining us if you're watching us on the live stream or if you're listening to us after the fact. Give us the, the great reviews, the five stars, the thumbs up, all the stuff you can do. We appreciate it. Um, Zach, I know you kind of took it on the chin on Twitter yesterday when we announced that we weren't doing a show after I'd scheduled it because everybody, the, the thing about Twitter X these days, I think this started last year. When you go to somebody's page, if they uh, if they have their birthday loaded in there, it mm. lights up with balloons, which is how I learned that it was your birthday. Was <laughs> I always check in on, on your Twitter to see what's going on. Um, and I got all the balloons. And I think so people immediately know it's your birthday. And I think you got blamed for us not doing an episode yesterday. So I just want to say for the record that I think I was more responsible. Um, we have an onsite for the, for the company, uh this week so limited windows you see I'm not at home for a change I'm actually yeah, in the uh in a full studio the New York Times building yeah yeah I should I mean there You were printed like, in the New York Times a couple yeah, of ago too I, I think I think
1: I, I think I think I might have been yesterday actually too I didn't okay. get the actual paper but yeah they're taking the they're they're interested in the Jets recaps for some reason I don't know um but yeah yesterday uh I wouldn't say you get 100% of the blame because you did like have a window but I had a birthday dinner plan, so there was that was partially the reason why, but obviously not the full one. Got some dinner in the city at this Italian spot called Teresi. Um, it was
0: overpriced. It was good, but very expensive. So that's what I, that's. You didn't favorite. pay, right? No, um, Samantha paid. She treated okay. me I was going to say so that's yeah. the that's the next step, Zach. We, you know, we've talked about the you know <laughs> you guys are living together now, but like on your birthday, does she pay for it? That's good to know. She did. She did. She treated yeah. me. You know, she pampered me up. She did a great job. Props
1: to her. She gave me a gift card to Patagonia, which everybody on here knows. I'm a big How guy. many hats are you going to buy with that gift card? That's a good, good, good question. You know, I, <laughs> um, I, I was good. In Colorado, I went to a Patagonia store because if I pass by one, then I kind of have to go to it <laughs> and I didn't buy anything. So, you know, some progress has made in my life. I like, I'm the kind of person that if I go somewhere and I don't buy something, it almost feels like I'm saving money because my tendency is to buy stuff. <laughs> so
0: I feel like I, I did good. take that money and just kind of put it aside every time. Like up, right. Yeah. not buy a hat, thirty dollars. Thirty in a Mattress. You there know? you go. It's a good idea. That's it's crazy now that hat. How much hats cost too? So. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's nuts. All right. Should we? Should we get into this Jets team? We're gonna. Uh, we're gonna recap the Broncos game. A little. I mean, we're not gonna dive into it now that it's Wednesday. I think yeah. people have heard enough about that game. But we'll talk uh, big. Big item stuff from that show. Um, from that game, and we'll look ahead to the Eagles as well. But let's start. Um, With AVT, obviously devastating news uh, for him and this team as well. Um, I know people have said out there on social media like the Jets have to like give an Achilles for for a victory. Every time they win a game this week, which this year, which is it's just it's depressing. But AVT done for the year for the second straight year. And suddenly you look at this line and you think of Becton and, and all the injuries and now AVT and like Becton seems like the less fragile player, which is is crazy to me. Um How does this team kind of cope with this from the start Let, let's just go there like obviously he was instrumental he's a guy you can move around but he had settled in there on the right tackle with the other injuries they've had so so now what to keep this offensive line afloat well my first recommendation would be to stop going to denver because it seems like that's where
1: the bad things happen and they is. have grass yeah. like the- yeah yeah good point yeah um yeah you know you I mean you feel for avt because you know Beyond, beyond, like, the football side of things, like the human side, he's one of the nicer guys in that locker room. You know, he's done so much for this team and, sac- and sacrificed in a lot of ways moving around as an offensive lineman, which is very hard, especially last year. But this year, too, where they – you know, just last week, Salah was talking about moving him to right tackle permanently because he was so good there. Um And, yeah, so, you know, he's going to be eligible for a new contract this offseason. Uh, they'll probably pick up his fifth-year option, I imagine, unless they feel like he's not going to be the same player. Um But he was he was on a path to making a lot of money because they kept talking over and over again about how important he was and all the different the ways he saved them. And and uh, yeah, you know, it's on many levels. It's just it it sucks because the offensive line was finally starting to play pretty well because you had the same group together for multiple weeks, which they hadn't since last year. Even last year, I don't think they really had that at all. Um, And they were playing relatively well, especially in the running game. Um, And yeah, so, you know, it's it's a really tough loss. But, you know, now they got to move forward. But. Yeah, you uh you really feel for the kid and you know, he's a guy that was universally liked by the fan base, I think. Uh he pretty rarely like even if he wasn't dominant necessarily most weeks, like you rarely saw him making, you know, backbreaking errors. That was usually coming elsewhere and and you know, on the opposite side, like Makai was battling knee stuff during that game. He he wound up toughing it out and it seems like he's practicing today, so um seems like he's okay, but uh they're they had bad luck at the position last year. They're not off to a great start in terms of luck right now. You've lost Dwayne Brown, and whatever fans think of Dwayne Brown, he, he's a starting caliber offensive tackle. Uh, and you lose AVT now, and so you're you know another injury away from being in pretty big trouble, especially a tackle, but um, elsewhere as well. So it's a huge loss. It's not like you know last year they also lost Brees Hall, and that was a bigger loss than I think AVT was last year. You can survive this you just ultimately feel really bad, especially, you know, in the moment whenever a guy gets declared out really right away, you know, it's bad. And it was a calf injury, which usually when they call it a calf injury in a game, it winds up being an Achilles. Mm -hmm. Uh, Unfortunately, Salah sounded optimistic after the game. I know people are going to laugh at me saying those words in a sentence together. (laughs) like the history of what happens after he says that, but uh, (laughs) they felt like, I think because he, I think he played a play on it before realizing that something was wrong uh i think salah said and then uh and it was weird weirdly was like same thing as last year like all of a sudden avt was out of the game and nobody like noticed it happening and then i think all of a sudden he was like in the locker room the same thing happened last year i think everybody was focused on Brees, and nobody realized that avt was out and then he was out for the year uh achilles is a harder one to come back from than a triceps injury which he had last year and so that that would be the biggest concern but yeah i don't know it's especially for off you know a big bodies right like, yeah you know. exactly it's a lot different than even aaron Rodgers coming back from it for sure uh so yeah you know hopefully he comes out the other side and is okay and is able to keep going on the trajectory he was but now this is two straight years where you know five six weeks into the season he's knocked out for the year and that's it's tough to recover from that you know makai has managed to recover from it to a degree uh with knee injuries which are not easy to come back from either so there's it's not like it's hopeless, but yeah, it's uh it's just really you just really feel for him and for the team because they they've for all the flack and a lot of deserve they gotten for not building the offensive line, he was one that it seemed like worked. Even if you could argue trading up for a guard, which some people did was not like the best allocation resource. I think he was making it so that was like a, still a solid trade because AVT was very good and could play multiple positions, and now he's out of the fold and you have to rely on uh maybe max mitchell it seems like is probably the initial favorite to be right tackle i think he played okay filling in uh had a bad training camp i trust him more than billy turner um and then the question comes like what happens when dwayne brown comes back which you know I, we can get into that now or later but um th- those are options and you have McKay at left tackle he's kind of settled in there a little bit but none of them are as good as avt was at right tackle uh and so, yeah, they're in, a, they're in a tough spot, and it's unfortunate, but you
0: have to keep moving forward. So, Dennis Kelly added to the practice squad yeah. for depth. Um, what is the timetable for Dwayne Brown at this point? Do we know? Well, I think he's eligible to come off after the bye, um, but we don't know
1: right. like if he's ready to go back yet or not. I've seen him in the locker room, which last year when he got hurt, when he was hurt in the beginning of the year, I didn't really see him in the locker room. Um, I don't know if that means anything, but – it's at least indicative that he plans on coming back because, you know, he's at an age where uh, if he wanted to retire, he could obviously. Uh So I, I don't know exactly. I would I would think he should be okay to come back after the IR stints up, but I, I don't know for sure. And then the factor with him is he's never played right tackle in the NFL. And uh Makai had played some in college at the very least, which is more recent than Dwayne Brown's last time. He probably played it, which was probably in college. And he's been in the league for like 15 years now. So um yeah i don't know I, I know fans don't want to see Dwayne brown out there anymore but you have to put your best five out there and if he's one of the best five then you, you figure it out i don't know what that looks like i don't know if you want to keep moving makai back and forth that can't be good for his knees do you put Dwayne brown in right tackle and just hope he's better than uh, he's Mitchell, never like, played right yeah, tackle right yeah.
0: Dwayne brown yeah
1: i don't know if he played it in college i would have to yeah. dig into that but yeah he has not played in the nfl and he's been in the league a long time and had a lot of tendencies on the left side yeah um so yeah, I mean that's going to be something to consider in a few weeks. Maybe Max Mitchell makes it, so it's not even something they have to consider, and that would be the best case scenario. But
0: um, we'll see. All right, let's let's talk a little more positive. All right, let's go back to the Broncos game a little bit. And Brees Hall, obviously, 177 yards. Um, the scene of the crime, so to speak, where he was injured a year ago. I know he talked about it after the game and like pointed to the table where he had found out that his season was over a year ago. And he kind of got to exercise those demons a little bit. The thing that stood out to me was like when he was on the pitch count, the, the infamous pitch count, uh, he had the, the break free moment early in the season when he got caught. And on Sunday, he did not get caught. He's clearly like, back i would say like if he was 90 percent there and he just didn't quite have that that final burst of speed he had it all on sunday
1: yeah he even said after that first one that it was literally fatigue like he was still working his way back into football shape even so i don't even know the lack of it wasn't even yeah yeah, it wasn't necessarily it might not even been necessarily that he wasn't fully back it was just that he wasn't fully back stamina wise Mm -hmm. he was certainly back when they you know However you want to phrase it, they unleashed him the other day in a way that we've been calling for the entire season. You know, even the week where he had 12 carries for 18 yards against the Cowboys, like at least they were giving him the ball, even if it was like Brees all can break one at any moment. So you keep giving the ball until he hopefully does. And the run blocking was on point, especially on that long touchdown run he had, which kind of blew the game open and pretty much won it for them, arguably, because uh, the offense wasn't really doing anything. Broncos were clearly not very good and just wanted the Jets to be in the game. And the Jets weren't taking that opportunity for the entire first half, pretty much. Um, And yeah, they fed Brees and we're back to, you know, we've talked about this. We're back to the formula from last year. If they're going to win games, it's going to be Brees dominating and the defense doing their job. And they're going to win low scoring games against good teams. And you hope against bad teams like the Broncos, he probably should be scoring more than what they did, but you hope against bad teams is when you maybe open up the offense a little more and get Zach some confidence Again, didn't really do that against the Broncos, so there is some stuff to criticize them for, but 0 0 for 5 in the red zone. I think there were 3 of 14 on third down, like all stuff that doesn't usually indicate a win, but Brees Hall, like everyone wanted to celebrate Nathaniel Hackett on the Jets after that game. He should be handing that game ball to Brees Hall, I think. So yeah, the the best thing Hackett did in that game, and I think there was a bunch of stuff you could criticize him for, uh, some good stuff. But the best thing he did was give Brees Hall the ball however, like twenty times or whatever it was between the carries and the and the receptions he also had, and that was the right move. It was working, so you keep going to it. And, and Brees Hall, if a, if a hole is there, he's gonna hit it. And Dalvin Cook, if a hole is there, he's gonna get five yards. And that's they they finally pulled back on Dalvin Cook. Uh, Michael Carter did play a little bit, but ultimately it's the Brees Hall show, and they should they should ride him. I mean, uh, the unfortunate part about running backs, you never know what that's gonna mean a year or two from now if they're riding him this much, but he's their best offensive player. Garrett Wilson's not getting the ball enough. That's another topic, obviously, but um, give the ball to Brees Hall. He's, you know, I had this thought watching that game, like you really do wonder like how much different their season would have gone last year if Brees doesn't go down because he was their entire offense. He makes yep. it so you have to, you know, watch for him. And then maybe that opens things up on the back end to some degree. Uh, and then you lo- then you lose him and they they only win seven games. Like I – I think it would be fair to say they might've went at least one or two more games last year. And then maybe we're talking about last season differently and maybe Michael floor doesn't get fired or whatever, but um, yeah, he's, he's very good. And uh, you know, I'm not the only one who talked about it this way, but I was, I, I said repeatedly, there was I didn't see a scenario where he was going to be as fast and explosive as he was last year, just because nobody besides Adrian Peterson pretty much was the same player the year after like, Right. Saquon yeah, Barkley like a year to come back. Another year to be yourself. Usually yes. Brees all is a freak athlete, but he's not like Saquon Barkley physically, who is like an absolute freak. And Saquon Barkley was pretty brutal the first year after he didn't, he did not, he was not the same player and Brees is running with confidence. He doesn't seem to be worried about the knee. He, I mean, he has a lot of, if you just talk to the kid, he just has so much confidence in him. He's got a lot of swagger. Like he's very funny and it's really cool to see him kind of showing out and showing, you know i should say I should shout out one jets drive because they did a whole documentary on his comeback where they got some real great behind the scenes footage I haven't had a chance to watch the whole thing yet they like went back to his hometown talked to a lot of his family the training staff was really highlighted and i had like everything
0: that we didn't get in hard knocks on Bruce, exactly right? yeah
1: which yeah. clearly that yeah the jets were kind of like
0: <laughs> you I wonder if that was there right? if they pushed him off right yeah i like, so
1: i so i'm I see the one jets drive guys around all the time and I so I've I've like, you know, struck up a relationship with those guys. And they they were teasing the Brees thing to me like months ago. Um yeah. and I was and they were waiting for like him to be fully unleashed and like fully cleared and, and all that stuff. And then he was, and then he had this great game right after the documentary came out, which is great timing, actually. But um yeah, it's uh it's pretty great. And the Jets, if you want to believe the Jets have a chance to at least stay competitive this year, then Brees is the absolute number one reason, like without question to me.
0: All right, let's get into Hackett a little bit. Um, he got the win, they scored 31 points, misleading 31 points in a lot of ways, I think. Because yeah. the thing is, they kept scoring points because Greg Zerline is the uh, special teams player of the week in the AFC because Greg the leg kept kicking field goals. So, um, props to Greg the leg for that. Um, so there's two ways to look at it, right? They got to the red zone yeah. five times and they kicked field goals, so that's good, but. You gotta do this. Is the NFL. And usually when you're playing teams better than the Denver Broncos, yeah. five field goals is not gonna get it done. Um, it worked on Sunday, but it's not gonna so in your mind, now one of the one of the five was the end of the half, right? Which we can get into from a oh yeah, the perspective there. And that's speaking disaster. of speaking
1: of reasons why they deserve to get criticized, yes. That's right. Yeah.
0: Um and, and that was the clock, obviously, and, and management and everything that went wrong there. But as far as the other ones go, in your mind, like what could they be doing differently once they're down close to the goal line that they weren't doing? So it's something I was hammering
1: on Twitter, and I felt vindicated when Aaron Rodgers went on the Pat McAfee show and basically said what I've been saying. Um, he was talking about the Packers game and how they struggled in the red zone, and then he kind of alluded to the Jets game, and he was basically saying how it's – but one of the hardest places to like call plays from is like the 10, like third and third and seven to 10 yards from like the 10 yard line or 20 yard line or whatever it is. Like it's hard to find a play because the, the defense knows exactly where you need to be and all that stuff. And so as you pointed out, they were going run, run, pass. Like when you go run, run, pass. And they did that not only in the red zone, but especially in the red zone, like it really limits you. Cause if you don't get enough yards on first down in that run, you're already behind the eight ball. And then if you do it again on second down, so let so say you get two yards on first down and you get another four like you still got you still have. I mean third and four is the more manageable but like it's anyway I'm getting into the weeds but the point the point is like you're really putting yourself at a disadvantage especially when the defense is expecting that to happen which they kept doing it over and over again and so it was not hard to figure out so like throw a play action in there on, f- on first down like maybe okay you're doing that throughout the first half or whatever like, they may be throwing a play action every now and then because the defense is expecting you to run it instead of running it when they're expecting you to run it. Like, the play the play calling in the red zone just – it was mind-blowing to me. I, I'm i guessing part of it was they, they're, they were willing to be conservative because they thought they could beat the Broncos with field goals, and they ultimately were proved right. And so they didn't want to take any risk once they got there with Zach and throwing picks. But we just went over this last week. Like, stop playing so scared. Like, I, I know – you know, he still is making a lot of bad mistakes and he's missing some guys that are wide open, but he's been, he's been more accurate. I think he's been better at making decisions. He's better at, he's been better at like not throwing it. Um, I mean, he had an interception. He's had many worse interceptions. I don't think it was a great throw. It was one, but it was one-on-one Garrett Wilson to Patrick Sertan. And most of the time when Garrett Wilson is one-on-one, you're going to go to him. So I I understood that. But anyway, I just think the play calling was the issue in the red zone. Um, And as you mentioned, like you can pull that off against the Broncos, but it's like a glass half full thing. Like the fact that they're getting to the red zone that many times is absolutely encouraging. And Brees Hall is a big reason for that. But um, like getting there is half the battle. You have to score touchdowns. Like this was a problem last year too. Like if you remember the, I think it was the Vikings game with Mike White, a quarterback last year that I think they were one for six in the red zone in that game. And they lost by like less than a touchdown. Like, You have to close those drives out with touchdowns. This is the NFL in 2023. Like the Jets are not scoring points. They're not scoring touchdowns. And this is an offensive league. It's designed for offenses. I mean, this year has been a little more unique, and I feel like defenses have been better. But um, the Jets have to finish those drives. They have some hard teams coming up. I mean, the Eagles are very hard. They have a bye. Giants, not very scary. Chargers are going to be a high-scoring team. Um, Even some of these bad teams, they'll play later in the year. They They can score some points. Uh, so then, then you get that figured out. That's the biggest question I have on offense, even beyond whether you trust Zach or not. The fact that you can get to the red zone means that you've done enough to get there. Now you have to close it out. Like
0: looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone. Luckily with 24 seven U S based live customer service from discover. Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime day or night. Yep. You heard that right. The Victorinox Swiss Army Knife provides you with all the things you don't think about until you need it. Tweezers, a screwdriver, and even a corkscrew. With the Victorinox Swiss Army Knife, you can be prepared to master everyday life. You can find Victorinox Swiss Army Knives at Dick Sporting Goods.
1: You know, I, I, I don't know if they're just trying to get the explosive plays when they're not in the red zone. Then when they get there, they're too scared of turning it over. But use some creativity, use your weapons, get... Guys, get to guys like Garrett Wilson and Xavier Gibson in space, whatever you got to do, just
0: stop doing run, run, pass. And it's what everyone praised them for against the chiefs yeah. was getting away from run, run, pass, doing play action on early downs and giving Zach the chance to throw in, in running situations and all of that. Like, I feel like there was a week of like, Hey, here it is. It clicked like good job, hack it. And then like right back to the, the scared formula. We'll call it that. Yep. The scared formula. Yeah. I, gets you a lot I of think Googles. I think I
1: saw a stat that the Jets are like 32nd in terms of passing the ball on first down, like out of 32 teams. Like they they just never do it. And you know, and I get running on first down, especially if it's Brees, but like you have to vary it. You have to get more creative with this stuff. And they were not a lot of creativity play calling. Is there, heck, there There was a good play call on the on the long completion of Garrett Wilson late in the game. Like it, it wasn't like you know, it wasn't as bad as I think Hackett maybe was the first few weeks, but it was still alarming. And you alluded to this; maybe we should talk about it now. The the moment before halftime. Yeah. Um, I mean, you want you can set it up if you want.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm sure everybody is, you know, witnessed it and maybe, was yeah. pulling their hair out and screaming at the television and maybe throwing things because you could just see it developing, right? They they yeah. had, it was a nice job to get down there into scoring position. You're gonna you know, go into halftime with some sort of points. And then I don't know where the blame lies the most. I guess only Zach Wilson and Nathaniel Hackett know that. Like, is it on Zach for hitting a guy that wasn't going to be able to get out of bounds? Is it on Hackett for having that option available in the yeah. Yeah, so- Um, And then the other thing is like when he went down, I think it was like 11 seconds or 12 yeah. seconds. In my mind, because it wasn't a long throw, I thought there was plenty of time to, to spike the ball. And it didn't seem like there was some urgency, but it didn't seem like a race to the line. And like Zach, Zach wasn't like ready the moment the ball was put down to like snap it and spike it. It was almost like they were in, in two minute drill, but not in the clock's about to run out in three seconds drill. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, question, I think it is a combo of being
1: on Zach Wilson and Hackett, Because to your point, like he called the play where there was a route where the tight end was in bounds, and so Zach was obviously had the option of throwing it there. Otherwise, you wouldn't have that route going there unless it was a fake out. Like you know, it me- needs to be made clear to Zach that you either throw it towards the end zone, throw it towards the sideline, or you throw it away. And there needs to be a better job of calling a play that makes it that's the, or the only place he can go. And, you know, maybe that's harder to get something complete or whatever. But, yeah, and then there's the part of it of the urgency. Like, there was such a lack of urgency to get to the line. I think there was 10 seconds left by the time CJ was getting up. Um, and I think they probably would have had a time to spike it. I, I think you're cutting it close at 10 seconds probably. But they should have had time to spike it, have like a second or two left, and Greg Gerland comes in. They're lucky that they, this game didn't come down to that. That moment, because that would have been all we're talking about this week, if not for that. But yeah. that was absolutely alarming, and the, the first half was very indicative of like this team has been awful starting the game, and until they fix that, they're again not going to beat good teams. Like they, it's it's a coaching thing, I think, at this point. Like if you're not, if your guys are not getting up in the first quarter, like eventually you have to. decide. It's on the coaching staff. That's a scripted portion of of the game, and that's where everybody's. That's what you're practicing all week. The defense has been awful in the first quarter and great in the other three quarters. The offense. I think they've been out. I, I had the numbers of my story off the game. I don't have them in front of me, but they've been absolutely destroyed in the first quarter. And good teams play for four quarters, well. So,
0: um, uh, and thirty-seven to five, they've been yeah. outscored. And obviously, of that five points, two of it is the defense with the right. safety. Yeah. and then the yardage, five hundred fifty-nine to one hundred forty-one. I mean, yeah.
1: So that's bad on both sides, offense and defense. But if the offense would start scoring early, then it would make it a lot easier for the defense when they're holding up the rest of the game to keep holding up. And so then the games will look a little better and they can, you know, run the clock out with Brees Hall and stuff. But instead they're playing from behind or whatever. And they have to, how all this, these miraculous things like the safety and Quincy Williams playing out of his mind and, and all, this, all this stuff needs to happen. Um, and you could get out of that if you just come out with a more creative game plan in the first quarter. Like this is on the coaching staff to figure it out, especially against an Eagles team that is very well coached and as talented as any team they'll play this year.
0: All right. You teased it. Quincy Williams. Let's go there. Let's yeah. swing back to the positive. Um, What a just nightmare for the Denver Broncos Quincy Williams yeah. was. And people should check out, um, go to theathletic.com slash can't wait. Um, you could subscribe for a great deal right now, but check out Zach's feature on Quincy, um, which really gets into kind of the backstory of how Quincy went from like the guy that would make the highlight reel, but then get burned on three straight plays yeah, yeah. to now being like a, every down force uh making really i mean let's face it game changing plays on sunday right like the strip sack basically ended that game um so yeah just talk about the story a little bit zach and, and i guess mosley is a big part of that story too yeah yeah for, so for all the mosley haters out there read the story and you'll feel better. <laughs> yeah you know
1: i i mean quincy has been great not just in that game he's been great all year and he's he's a real testament to something that doesn't happen as often these days in the NFL where teams kind of give up on guys real quick. It helps that this coaching staff has been here all three years, but like to develop to develop him from where he was when they brought him in, which was clearly talented, but still needed a lot of work to where he is now, where he's on track to make the Pro Bowl, I think, as of right now. Like there's a lot of credit on all angles. Like Quincy number one deserves the credit because he put in the work. This coaching staff, Mike Rutenberg, who I talked to in the story, the linebackers coach, Salah, Jeff Olbrick, and CJ Mosley. Like everybody putting in the work to get Quincy here, like it's it's been a remarkable coaching job. But yeah, you know, Quincy has talked a lot about how, especially this off season, but I think even before that, he like he he's basically conjoined CJ Mosley at the hip, and he's wanted to learn everything about like his process, how he stays healthy, um, you know, just like how how he's able to start quickly. Is it like he's really just like picked CJ's brain, watched his film, um, asked him questions, and so that's been like. I think CJ's had a lot of influence over Quincy and, you know, for whatever jets fans think about CJ Mosley, I think he's better than the jets fans think he is. And he's probably not as good as like the all pro thing last year would indicate, but I think he's a leader. Certainly you saw it on hard knocks. He was kind of, you know, he's like a vocal leader in a lot of ways and uh, he's very smart football player. And so I think Quincy did the right thing learning from him. Quincy comes in early almost every day. It sounds like to watch film and, and, this offseason he met with a new trainer. He met with the Jets team dietitian. Uh, he was doing defensive back drills to help himself in coverage. And as Mike groomberg pointed out to me, like he didn't actually subscribe to the whole. I mean, of course he's gonna say this, but he his whole thing that he said to me is he didn't subscribe to the whole idea that Quincy was just kind of like running wildly and you know, making a lot of mistakes. Uh, he in in his mind, he was learning a new position because in college he played more of like a linebacker safety hybrid role. In the NFL, he was, or at least with the Jets, he was playing linebacker like behind the defensive lineman, like the more traditional way, which was new for him. So it was a process. Uh, but, you yeah, know, Quincy put in the work. And I, I think, you know, I wasn't here at the time, but I feel pretty safe in saying that when he was claimed by the Jets, like there was some assumption that he was brought here just because he was Quinton's brother. Uh, I think he's made it pretty clear that's not the case, and the Jets have insisted that's not the case. Sala said that he wanted to draft him when he was at the 49ers, which is a thing you can say after the fact, and nobody's going to be able to double-check it, but – um it he said he sent a text to the jaguars gm dave caldwell who drafted him and was fired before quincy got cut and he sent him like a photo and he's like you were right he's a good freaking linebacker um (laughs) but yeah i I just quincy's development has been one of the stories of this season i think he's been arguably their most valuable player on defense so far especially because they haven't really gotten sacks up front and he's been he hasn't been missing tackles he's been much much better in coverage which was even he admitted the other night he's He said he knew that coverage was his weakness. So he was doing DB drills this off season to, to get with it. And so now he's not just a guy who's fast and a big hitter. He's a guy who's fast and a big hitter and like knows what he's doing out there. Like the whole thing was, it took him like two years to figure out what he was doing this off season. He spent learning what everybody, all 10 other guys were doing on the defense. And so he's uh, yeah, he's just put himself in position to be as good as he is right now. And it's, all of a sudden, it looks like that contract the Jets gave him looks like a bargain if he keeps this up. Because if he's a pro or all pro, like, you know, $6 million a year is nothing. All
0: right, let's talk about the two players that were inactive on Sunday and and kind of what it means. Mm. Um, Nicole Hardman, Carl Lawson. Uh, Lawson, is just, I mean, they continue to say, like, he's just getting back and eventually he's going to get in there. Um, I think Hardman's the more interesting thing, right? Because, like, the stories are starting to come out now that maybe they're shopping him and he could be dealt before the deadline. What do you, what are you hearing about that?
1: Yeah. Uh, I think it was Jeremy Fowler reported that the jets were exploring trades for him. I, I don't think that's a very shocking revelation based on what's transpired so far. Um, as, as we've talked about, like at a certain point, you know, don't listen to their words, listen to their actions. Like the jets have made it pretty clear what they think about McCall Hardman. I think when they signed him, they had high hopes for him. I think if you would talk to anybody in the building in March or whenever they signed Randall Cobb, I think they would have told you the plan is for McColl Hardman. Well, they still had Elijah Moore when they signed him, but um, once they traded him, like I think the plan was for McColl to be the Elijah Moore in this offense and a souped-up version of Braxton Berrios, mm-hmm. and it was for Randall Cobb to be a leader who didn't play much. And as training camp progressed, you saw that kind of flipping. You saw Randall Cobb playing more than him. And then as we got to the season, you saw Xavier Gibson emerge. And anytime we ask Robert Sala about Hardman, he like kind of changes the topic to Xavier Gibson. So he's telling us Xavier Gibson is ahead of him on the depth chart. Xavier Gibson plays on special teams. Hardman was signed at the, with the idea he'd be a returner. And then they got this undrafted rookie kid who, if not for his muff punts the other day, he'd be on track for the Pro Bowl. I, I don't know if that hurts him or not because his punt return touchdown in week one was pretty amazing. But um, they found this kid who they love. Xavier Gibson's been playing like 10 snaps a game. Nicole Hardman was inactive. Like I'd be shocked if Hardman is on the roster uh, after the trade deadline. I, I think the team that makes the most sense, and it's been suggested by people other than me already is the chiefs because they obviously knew how to use him. And right. I think if you're going to criticize this coach staff, I think the fact that the chiefs figured out how to use the, a guy with that level of speed, you'd think that this team should be able to do that too. But, you know, maybe Patrick Mahomes makes guys look better or whatever, but trading with the chiefs, a team that doesn't really have much at receiver uh, kind of makes sense to me. I think there, there will be a team who would trade for McCole. He has the talent. I saw a lot of people saying the Panthers want a receiver. Um, I'm sure there's some other teams. It wouldn't be much, but at this point, it's not surprising that he's not playing anymore just because this coaching staff clearly doesn't believe in him. Like, I don't know how else to phrase it. Like I, I would have tried to get him the ball creative ways, like as a gadget player, getting him the space, like we've talked about, but they want to do that with Xavier Gibson, not McColl Hardman. And, if they think Xavier Gibson's a better player, I get it. And then, but ultimately it's going to count as a loss on Joe Douglas's resume. You know, I think he got 4 million guaranteed with the chance to earn like 5 million. So that's 4 million down the drain. And, you know, as they're getting closer to the, up to the cap, uh, I mean, the cap's going to expand itself, but ultimately it was a, it was a bad signing and uh, that's kind of showed itself out. If they can get like a six on pick for him, then maybe feel a little better about it, I guess. But um, yeah, it was a, it's not great. The Carl Lawson one is, is what we've kind of t- discussed. I, I was surprised to see him inactive, but it made some sense, I guess, if you really think about it.
0: Looking ahead, Eagles coming up this week, 5-0 and Eagles. They've obviously they're, – they're one of two undefeated teams left in the NFL along with the 49ers. Um, good news on that front. It sounds like DJ Reed may be ready to go on Sunday.
1: Yeah, I mean, again, we do have to take – press conference quotes about injuries the grain of salt these days yes <laughs> but, um so they had a walk through today which means we weren't out of practice but uh Solomon. made it sound like reed had cleared some part of the protocol and he was out there which would mean he's on track to play i think something we've learned this year is guys with concussions are gonna miss the next game like it's happened like 100 of the time so far so uh it might have just been that this last yeah. week The Tua effect i think yeah in the two effect for sure um, and, and I get it. I think that's honestly the right move ultimately. Yeah. I and mean, if it sucks in some cases, maybe it's like a minor concussion or whatever, but a concussion
0: is a concussion. <laughs> um, but yeah, read Yeah, they say there is no minor concussion. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah. Like, they it's do, what they the do. doctors yeah. will tell you. Yeah. And I'm not a doctor, but, uh, so
1: yeah, I mean, DJ, Reed, we we've talked about, it. he's a very important member of this defense Bryce all, I think deserves some credit. We haven't talked about him. We don't need to get into him too much, but he, he was a guy that obviously has been kind of left for dead by this fan base and to a degree the coaching staff because they have signed and drafted all these guys but brandon eckles is out dj reed was out bryce hall came in did the job and had pretty much the game-winning touchdown on that scoop and score did his job a corner um everybody in the locker room like loves bryce hall like the way sauce was talking about him it was like he was his hero or something (laughs) like he's like i look up to him and all this stuff so i think bryce is a very nice kid who is an nfl cornerback i think he's just been in a tough situation and and this is why they kept him ultimately i know some people thought they would cut him but uh, I think he's a guy to keep around unless they get it like a great trade offer for him. But yeah, I, DJ Reed coming back, especially this week, is very important because the Eagles are t- they're top heavy at receiver. They have two guys, and then the rest aren't that uh, challenging. But Devonte Smith and AJ Brown are number one receivers on most teams, especially AJ Brown. But I think Devonte Smith is almost underrated at this point just because you don't hear about him as much. But like those guys are absolute studs, So you need saw someone you need DJ on the other. Michael look, Michael Carter the second is healthy. Their safeties are healthy again. Like you, you want, you want all your weapons on the back end there for an Eagles team that can really, you know, take the top off on you if if you're stopping the run or you're not stopping the run. Like it, things can really open up and get out of hand quickly. So having DJ Reed is going to be absolutely crucial for this game against the Eagles.
0: When we look at this game against the Eagles, um, I just wanted to move into like the a couple key spots that that's obviously one of them always the cornerback on the receivers for for any good offensive team like the Eagles are um but I I think this game's really going to be decided like a lot of games are down in the trenches right and when you look at on one side of the ball it's strength versus strength right it's the Eagles defensive front that as you said haven't gotten that many sacks but they have They have pressure. They have done overall a a good job against a great Eagles offensive line. So let's do that one first. Like it doesn't feel like this is the week that this defensive front suddenly breaks through with a bunch of sacks. So how did it, but I guess if they keep Jalen hurts in the pocket, maybe that's a win.
1: Yeah. You know, I do wonder, you know, we mentioned Quincy. We didn't get into specifics about his play or anything. They blitzed Quincy on like two or four plays on that last (laughs) drive. Yeah. And they don't blitz in this defense very often, but and my my point being, like I, I wonder if you start throwing some ring, you don't want to get too out of like your game plan, especially against a team like Eagles who will capitalize if you mess up. But stuff like sending Quincy, whatever it is, DJ Reed the week before sending him to Patrick Mahomes, he did run right by him and like he whiffed one of the but yeah one of the craziest clips I've maybe ever seen. But um, it worked because he got there. He just like kept
0: running. So um, and. Uh the thing with Russell Wilson listen. though, Russell got away. If you like, he scrambled effectively in that game Sunday, they have to be careful against the Eagles.
1: Yeah. But yeah, to to your, Oh yeah, they definitely, I mean, Jalen hurts is as dangerous of a runner as as anybody. He's a running back who can throw. Mm-hmm. Well, like I don't mean that as a diss. I mean, that is like, he's good enough to be a running back while also having the ability to be a top 10 NFL passer. But um, yeah. So that Eagles offensive line doesn't really have any holes that they're, they're Somebody uh Cam Jurgens, the he's a second year now he's hurt so they've been starting guy Sue Suo Opeta, a former undrafted rookie if there is a weak spot on that offensive line it's probably him uh and Quinnen, you'd would, you would hope could be able to eat there but yeah this isn't they're they're not really going to give up as much pressure unless somebody's hurt they've Jason Kelsey in the middle he's the best center in the NFL and he's going to wind up going down as one of the best ever he's an absolute stud Lane Johnson has been the best right tackle in the NFL for a long time I think Jordan Mailata is like one of the best draft and develop stories. Ever. Like you, you want to talk about Quincy, like that guy was a rugby player from Australia. Um, they have the best offensive line coach in the league, Jeff Stoutland. Like this is a group that does not make mistakes usually. Uh, even Dickerson, the other guard, he's like a Pro Bowl caliber guy. So the defensive line needs to get more pressure or at least get to the quarterback. It's going to be hard against this team, but th- this is why they built this defensive line to be able to compete with any offensive line. And so this is the week you prove what you're made of. Bryce Huff is hard for anybody to block, especially because of the way they use him. And so I, he's kind of the guy I have my eye on. If he can get by Lane Johnson or or Jordan Mylotter, or they do stunts or whatever they have to do to get to get him to the quarterback, like Bryce Huff is the one I have my eye on. Um, and you hope Quinn can kind of like break through a little bit too. He's been really, really good, but hasn't gotten the quarterback down yet. So, and then, you know, this kind of goes into the thing that gets talked about now anytime you're playing the Eagles is the tush push. That's entirely an offensive line and Jalen Hurts based thing. And, they are they have perfected it for a lot of reasons um they'll run it at some point on sunday the, the jets will know it's coming and probably won't be able to stop it but they have the defensive line that's supposed to be able to stop teams like this you have you signed out woods to be a run stopper. you sent quentin jefferson to be a pass rusher you know you have john franklin myers yeah you, ha- you have bryce off jermaine johnson like these are these are guys that are all supposed to be absolute studs and if you want to if, if you want people to believe that you're really the, the best defensive line in the league, which I think they talk about themselves as, like, this is the week to show what you're made of. And even if they don't, it'll be hard to blame them because of how good that O-line is. But, yeah, that's uh, that's going to be a matchup that's kind of going to take dictate this game because if the defense can force Jalen Hurts in any mistakes, like, you know, we know how good the back end for the Jets is, especially at corner. So if you can pressure Jalen Hurts, he can be inaccurate sometimes, you know, get him out of swords, then that, that'd be huge. But, you know, you also have some concerns about, you know, there's been a lot of games this year already where there's just wide open holes in the middle of the field for the quarterback to run to. Patrick Mahomes, Russell Wilson, um, Josh Allen. Uh, like these, they all took advantage of it. They haven't really had QB spies. So everybody needs to be on their assignment and you can't miss tackles like you have because the Eagles will, will eat you alive with that.
0: Yeah, and they play so much man that they're kind of set up for for letting the quarterback escape and and get big gains. I'm going to throw this in because Brian Sternbeck is opening the door for us to, to mention it. So maybe we'll hit some SEO numbers with this. But he mentions, <laughs> how do you mention Jason Kelsey on the O line and gloss over Swift? And I will say this the Chiefs play Thursday night this week. Mm. So is there a chance that Travis and Taylor? Okay. Come to the Jets Eagles game on Sunday. Oh man, I
1: didn't why'd you have to even bring that up? <laughs> I didn't do it. It's Brian. I fault. know, I know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't really people have people are getting I mad know. anytime we, we get talk you about in trouble. Thing. But I, I just to Kelsey's point, like not not to tie it to the Swift thing, but number one, their podcast is awesome. I love their podcast. The documentary, as we talked about in here, is great. And Jason Kelsey has had one of the more fascinating careers. I think people don't even realize it because he there was a stretch where he was graded as one of the worst offensive linemen in the league. I think in like 2016 or something like that. I don't and I don't know if he. Yeah. I think, and he's considered retirement for like each of the last five years, and he keeps coming back. And,
0: and he's, that he's, entire documentary was like a retirement. I know show. it was like and him saying, he, "How he's, he's gonna retire, to. gonna retire," and then he's like, "Actually, I'm not gonna retire." Yeah. Um, but
1: he he's like the rare offensive lineman that's broken through in terms of fame because not only in Philly where he's like basically the mayor of Philadelphia. Like, people know who Jason Kelsey is outside of Philadelphia, and that's pretty rare for a center to be like that. And he's he's fun to watch. Like, offensive linemen, the best offensive lineman you don't even notice very often. <laughs> back, he said he's talking about DeAndre Swift, obviously. Yeah. Touche, man. Yeah. Touche. DeAndre Swift has been very good, by the way, too. Yeah, they have a Kelsey and a Swift on
0: the Eagles, so there you go. Um, All right, the other offensive line is, it like, strength on strength jets defensive line against eagles offensive line the problem is that the eagles defensive line is also a strength and we talked about the jets offensive line so uh, that's just a matter of survival and man zach's gonna have to get rid of the football
1: yeah i mean the eagles defensive line is probably their eyes are probably pretty wide right now like that group is again it's pretty unreal it's something that people maybe have forgot about like fletcher cox was close to signing with the jets like that was a real thing by the way I think he was hurt last week. So I'm not a hundred percent sure if he's playing this week, but he's one of the best defensive tackles the league has seen in the last decade. And he's pretty much rotational guy now because they have Jalen Carter who fell all you like. He's just one of the quintessential, like it's always like the Eagles and the Ravens who get guys who fall for whatever reason, they scoop them up and they wind up being as good as everybody thought they were going to be, but they dropped and Jalen Carter looks like absolutely like all pro already. He might've been Um, the number
0: one pick if not
1: for the, he was great. I think Dame Brugler him number one in terms of the rankings, if I remember correctly. So, again, they're like the they're like the Jets in the way they rotate. They always have been. Uh, so, like that, it's there's coming at you in waves, like the defensive ends. You have Brandon Graham, who has gotten better as he's gotten older. It's like one of the, another one of the crazy things. Like he was kind of cast aside by the Eagles because he started. He was like a very high pick, picked over Earl Thomas. Eagles fans hated him, and then he became like just absolute stud. Derek Barnett's a rotational guy. Um, they drafted a guy in the first round from Georgia, Nolan Smith. Um, they have a couple other I'm blanking on some of their guys. Oh, uh, Hassan Reddick. I can't believe I forgot him. He, he had like 20 sacks last year. He's probably going to go against Max Mitchell a lot. Uh, I was reading an Eagle story. I think that's going to be the lineup. And so you're, you're going to find out what Max Mitchell is made of. And you hope that they learn their lesson from the Cowboys game. There's no Micah Parsons necessarily that you're going to have like, you know, double team every play, but play Jeremy Ruckert more often Play Nick Bodden. If he's not hurt, uh, like give help to Zach Wilson and this offensive line because they're absolutely going to need it. And, you know, I'm just going to limit maybe what you can do down the field, but the Jets are not going to win against the Eagles if it's a high-scoring game. They're going to win if it's like, you know, if they want to win this game, it's going to be a low-scoring one where they grind it out. And Zach Wilson needs to not turn the ball over and the offensive line needs to, you know, I don't know, call play action, call plays to get Zach rid of the ball quickly because it's going to be hard.
0: Let's do picks real quick. It's early. It's Wednesday, but we're doing <laughs> it anyway. These lines could change a little bit. Bet uh, uh, MGM always giving us our lines, and we appreciate them uh, bringing us this segment. Uh, first, the standings where German, after coming on the show last week where he had like a him. little bit of a significant lead, we jinxed him. Yeah, he fell back. Uh, he's now one back, so he's still towards the top. But it's a three-way tie at the top with 38 uh, correct games so far. Uh, T. Levy. Jimbo Brennan and new Nijmegen Jets uh, tied with 38 all over 60 percent with their Pretty picks good. so I hope with these picks that they're not just doing them here to be honest like I hope
1: by the way I want to I want to say uh, so I also I, I also do picks for like for the athletic I usually do them earlier in the week then and I by the time I do the ones on this one I always forget what I did with the other ones and I kind of just in the moment decide, and I'm in like among athletic NFL writers, I think I'm in second or third place on that one. I am not that
0: high in this. So. Yeah, where are you on this one? Uh, yeah, 33. There you are. Okay, not terrible. I'm doing better on the other one though. And um, I am 32. Yeah. So I'm still over 50%, which is my total goal for the entire season. If I can stay <laughs> above 50%, I will be happy. There are um, some there are some interesting games this week. No, no like great team against great team matchups, really, but there's some there's some interesting ones. And some real big spreads. Like you got the, the yeah. Chiefs. And Broncos spread, which that just seems like it's still just <laughs> going to be Chiefs, right? I went Chiefs there. And oh, yeah. then where were some of the other? Oh, the Giants. I took the Giants. I mean, plus 14 and a half. They're pretty bad, though. I know. That, and Daniel, know and Daniel Jones might not play, I remember. And the, Bill, and the Bills are coming off a loss, so they're going to be. Yeah. The Bills agitated. are really banged up on defense, but um, I just think the
1: Giants are like a bottom three team in the league this year. So.
0: Yeah. I'm. Um, I'm going to. I'm just saying Giants get some sort of late garbage score to to mm. get within a couple yeah, of
1: touchdowns and they yeah. Tyrod Taylor was one, oh. Taylor revenge game.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And the other big one, big spread is uh, which should be really bad. Dolphins, Panthers. Oh yeah. Thirteen and a half oh, in yeah. Miami. Panthers still looking for their first win. So obviously they're going to get it in that game. Oh yeah, that's how the NFL works for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean that thirteen and a half does feel like a trap. With the O and five, That's a, that is a really on big, the road. Two touchdowns Miami. is a big number for sure. Yeah, uh, um, so th- definitely some dangerous games. Yeah. And, and I took Carolina, not to win, but plus it just seems spread, like yeah. yeah. Um, anything else stand out to you? Yeah, yeah. there's, I was, I had there's a couple of games. There's a lot of like game. There's a lot of teams
1: that are like two teams that no, you can't really tell what they, like the Ravens Titans game. Like the Ravens week to week, you never know, like they look like a Super Bowl team one week and look awful the next one. Um, i like the which game oh the the colts jaguars game like can the jaguars win a game when they're not in the uk uh,
0: right and, yeah and i and that's and, why i went with the colts because i thought jackson coming back and, to the united states jonathan taylor probably gets more of a workload Yes, yeah, and,
1: gar- and Gardner mitchell looked pretty good he's looked pretty good filling in yeah. I, I think anthony Richards more dynamic but um i think the saints texans is an interesting one just because the texans have been better than expected uh that, that line is actually pretty close, closer than I thought. Week. Yeah, that line's maybe a little too close, honestly. Um, so I picked the Saints on that one. Uh, I think Buccaneers are a sneaky good one, plus three and a half against the line. I know the lines are very good, but that Bucks defense has been good, and Baker Mayfield's been pretty good. Like, I could see them kind of being sneaky. At home. Um, yeah. And, I mean, Cowboys minus two and a half. I mean, everybody's down on the Cowboys right now, but when the Cowboys aren't playing the best team in the league, they tend to play very well, and I don't think Chargers are – that good necessarily so um yeah i don't like i said a lot of these games the two teams are like pretty close i feel like so and i yeah. think that rams game line is a little too high cuz the cardinals have been pretty competitive so
0: yeah that one was tricky i just like i just can't believe in the cardinals yeah, yeah it's understandably yeah and they did just lose james conner and they have a guy i've never heard of filling in for him so all right this has been fun um thanks for tuning in our only episode this week uh apologies for that but we'll be back um again obviously with a full recap of the eagles early on next week and we'll keep going throughout the season get your picks in don't forget um it's an early reminder this week since it's only wednesday but get those in before that thursday you don't want to miss out on the thursday game that i feel like the the standings could come down to like People that made it. sure they always got that Thursday game in, as long as you get it right, uh, being a difference maker. So um, get those in, and we will talk to everybody next week on the Can't Wait Podcast.